0: Welcome to episode number 58 of the Grassroots Live podcast with me, your host, Harry Purdy. Today, you are listening to the old Zealand Minesweeper champion, the Dragon of Portugal, Vice Captain America, world's fourth greatest forehand and geography semi finalist in the world championships. I won't do it as loud as you do. Zealand! How's it going, mate? Welcome to the show. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. (laughs)
1: <laughs> definitely world's fourth greatest forehead i'm much worse at tennis but oh, i, uh, I
0: miss- <laughs>
1: <laughs> no it's it's totally fine that's the that's the fun intro i have for the for the the streams and all of it is you know 100 true maybe so i'm really glad that i can set the tone with that hand as well yeah world's. I, I mean i think i played a tennis video game one time and i had a pretty good forehand but no, go. i i suck at tennis i do my best i run for about four points and then lose
0: it's a hard game like it's one of those games that's really technical but um we'll leave we'll leave tennis out of the conversation for now um zealand if we were to do a more formal introduction for you without all of the stream introductions leaving Minesweeper out of this equation how would you describe yourself what what would you describe yourself to people what is your job how did you get into it all those sorts of things
1: what is what is your job Uh, my grandparents have been asking me that for years uh my (laughs) job is uh, I'm a guy that likes to entertain people essentially and I do that by making YouTube videos and streaming a game called football manager because initially when I started the, the journey that was the game that I liked playing the most and good thing is I, I still like playing the most I'm still addicted to and so it, that, that, that's worked out pretty well I haven't burned out on it or anything. Uh, but I'm somebody that streams and makes videos around Football Manager and just generally have broadened that over time. But to, to boil it down, the simplistic introduction is, you know, here's some dude that sits in his boxers and makes funny videos. See you, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's the <laughs> actual introduction.
0: But um, may I just say, as somebody that watches your content quite regularly like you're so unique man like the zealand tv <laughs> all of the all of the added quirks let's call them that you put into your streams it genuinely like i i've watched a lot of streamers i'm a football manager addict all of my, all i've been a football manager addict all of my life so when streaming started i think the first sort of people i used to watch would be like some of the old um oh god uh five star potential guys so like teach fox in the box
1: mm, it- i remember those days yeah yeah I, was, yeah. I don't even remember if i'd started yet i was around
0: but what i'm saying is and i don't mean any disrespect to anybody that i'm talking about yours is genuinely what like watching a tv show that is the difference that i would put to it and it's quite phenomenal so how was that creation how does that creation come to you? Is it just something that you think about off the top of your head? I'm going to try this and it just sticks.
1: I think it's one of those things where I really hate being bad at something. And I'm not not saying that you're bad at something if you don't have all of these different elements, right? I mean, there's a bunch of streamers that do a lot more with a lot less than I do. Uh, You look at somebody like, XQC, who legitimately just has like his face in the corner, and then just memes bouncing all over the screen. You have uh, somebody like Lyric, who doesn't even have a webcam. I have no idea. I could study that for a thousand years and probably not figure out exactly why Lyric was able to pull that off. I just can't even understand it. Uh, but I really, really, re I, I really hate being bad at something. I don't like losing sports game, you know, pick up basketball, (laughs) whatever. And so I just kind of set out, you know, instead of being stagnant, I'm always just trying to add something to the, I'm just trying to add something to the stream. And eventually it just takes all these weird forms and you you combine that with just embracing memes that come along, like the particular song, the cat jam that was not on purpose. It just became a thing organically. And then, and then you start to lean into it and make it super fun. It's the song that will just abs- just go nuts every time it comes on and use it to get people fired up. And it was originally, we were just kind of sitting here like, wow, this song's pretty good. Like, this is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I saw the, the, the cat jam emote, which is this cat going like head banging <laughs> and then it just develops from there. Uh, I just, I, I was determined to add stuff to it because I, I felt like. I I have a short attention span, right? Which I think helps, and so I can't sit and watch a four hour stream of Football Manager. And so I'm trying to make a stream that I would sit and watch four hours of, and that involves a lot of you know, changing scenes and uh and in depth explanation of what's going on. You know, no serious periods of silence. There's a lot of different theories, but honestly, you just get a feel for it over time. And then I all but the, the uh I, like you said, the one thing that I think does separate me generally is that I'm just trying to add stuff and I'm doing stuff, pulling stuff out of the depths of my mind to try and make the stream cooler. Like I'm just praying to the FM gods in front of fake candles. Like that's just, it's, it's insanity, but it also can be funny. And so just bringing that stuff in, it's a great time.
0: Yeah. And one thing as well that comes across on your streams is you are so well versed with, of course, sport. And I think what makes it beautiful for an, somebody from Britain watching your shows is I learn a lot about American sports, but also, and I mean, no disrespect by this as well. Sometimes Americans and English soccer or football can get a bad rap, right? You just cut straight through the middle of it. Your knowledge of like, I think I, I thought until I used to watch you, mate, I used to know a lot about football, but there's not a competition in the world that you haven't got half an eye <laughs> on. So where did you... Yeah. I don't know, the Uruguayan
1: Premier Division. I don't know who won (laughs) last year. My,
0: My question to you is, where did your love of English soccer start, or when did it start?
1: I came about the game in a way that is entirely 21st century and is not from the kind of institutional knowledge that people in England... And I understand the institutional knowledge because... The United States has a great sporting culture in turn, like an institutionalized sporting culture, but it's not in soccer. It's baseball. It's football, American football. It's basketball. uh, It's hockey where the first sporting event I went to, I was like in the womb. My, my dad was like, we got to go to the lightning game. And so my mom was just wearing a Jersey that said like plus one on it. And I was at the lightning game technically. And then, you know, my first, then I'm going to the lightning games with the, which is the NHL team in Tampa with like the earmuffs. Cause I'm a, a child, I'm a baby and I can't, you know, withstand that amount of noise. And so I'm familiar with the idea of institutional knowledge of sports. And I understand, like, so I understand how that works. It's not like it's, it's some sort of sporting vacuum, but soccer was very different for me because it was not something that my dad really knew about and that's like the traditional pathway of passing it down and my mom's not super invested in sports she's just invested in my dad being happy about the results of the sports and I got a video game uh and and this is where the 21st century part comes in a Nintendo DS game when I was 10 or 9 or something and it was the 2006 World Cup game and the one thing I hadn't experienced in sports, I mean, I loved the Olympics, but like, you know, it's the lads, it's curling, right? Like I think mean, curling's cool, but it's also not soccer. And so I, I, I get this DS game for the 2006 World Cup and I'm like, okay, <laughs> Saudi Arabia has a team, you know, like that was mind blowing. I'm like <laughs> every sport that we play here, it's like us, Canada, Russia is playing hockey, right? And then your assortment of Scandinavian countries. American football, nobody else cares. Basketball, we win the Olympics every time because we invented the sport and then just like brought it to Europe anyways. And and they're, you know, very good European players now, but it's still like the U.S. is, you know, it's America's sport. And then baseball is, you know, us in a couple of countries, but there's no major international tournament outside the Olympics for any of those sports. And and to see that, I mean, I, I was like 32 people play the sport, like 32, you know, obviously it's a lot more than that, as I've learned and that's when my, my interest in the sport really, really took off. Cause so I'm like, okay, Saudi Arabia is here, Trinidad and Tobago. I didn't even know that was a country cause I was nine and they were at the 2006 world cup. And I'm like, what? Oh, this is crazy. So I'm playing as them. And, uh, and then I start buying the FIFAs and playing the FIFAs. And once you do that, you realize there's not only these national teams, but these big leagues and all these different countries. I mean, this has never been explained to me. This wasn't something that you just had beamed into your mind when you're growing up uh, in the United States. And all of this is kind of happening at the same time that the Premier League is now on NBC. NBC buys the Premier League rights because, you know, 7 a.m. to 12 is a pretty solid open TV window. So if you can put live sports in that window, it's great. It's probably going to raise your ratings. And so that's the generation that produced Christian Pulisic and Weston McKinney and this first wave of, like legitimate European top level players is coming about at the exact same time that I am in the sport, because it's on TV. FIFA is incredibly popular. Uh, and even though our parents didn't I mean, I think Polisic's dad like played indoor and his mom played in college. So I guess he had an advantage, which is probably why he's there and I'm here, but the, the knowledge of like that generation was coming up, you know, I'm in middle school and people who's your Premier league team. I picked Sunderland cause I have no taste and uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, true story. And so th- those sorts of things were being bandied about, uh, even, in, even in middle school, it's like public conversation. So I, I grew into it naturally with my generation, but I grew into it with a real fascination with the international side of the sport. Bought the 2010 World Cup game. Uh, in in that game, you can play as anybody. You can play as American Samoa and try and qualify. And so that is where... I, l- I learned all the flags of the world. I learned where all the countries in the world were. And I, I learned how broad and intense this uh, sport was. And I kind of never looked back from there. From that point, I was always incredibly interested in it. It was the 2010 World Cup game that really cemented it for me. And now I'm explaining the offside rule to my dad, who's emotionally invested now.
0: That's like, honestly, an unbelievable answer to a relatively straightforward question. What a story. And... In regards to, like, the comparisons I make to you, I guess in some ways, is I was born in England and the first ever live sports match I went to was a Chelsea match, right? So, um, obviously, natural interest in Chelsea due to my family, all being Chelsea fans, born and bred in London. Um, And then the flip side, it took me up until about 2010 for my friend to introduce me to the NFL. and randomly oh what team am i going to choose i was like well i don't want to support the best team so just give me like name a few that are in the middle oh i'm going to choose uh minnesota vikings so they're now oh i'm so sorry (laughs) yeah it's it's all good like hopefully uh hopefully with new direction of the team with a new head coach this year but we'll see what happens
1: that's one of those long suffering um have you ever seen how i met your mother it's the the, i've seen i have seen the show yeah Okay. Yeah. The, the Marshall in that show who not only bears a startling resemblance to me that I get reminded of about once a week is a huge Vikings fan and they go to a Viking. I don't know if you remember this episode, they go to a Vikings bar and they're still like reminiscing about a missed field goal in 99. Like they, he, wa- the, the, so he brings one, I think one of the other characters in this show to the Vikings bar and that character just starts walking around to everybody and goes, it's like, look, if you want to bond to somebody, just say the words like 99 and then shake your head. And so I'll just <laughs> walk up to tables and be like, remember 99? And then everybody goes, oh, you know, like yeah. a long, long suffering uh, fan base. Maybe oh, they'll, 100... they'll get one eventually. But
0: Yeah, well, and um they have provided me with one of the most exciting moments of sport I've ever seen. It was the last second Stefan Diggs touchdown. Oh, I, I know it. Yeah, I guess... it was like, I know it was, I don't know what, like, the, it was three rounds before even the Super Bowl final, but to even for them to even even won that match in the manner they did, it was just ridiculous. But there yeah. we go. We'll, we'll move away from NFL because I will get myself embarrassed very very quickly. Now, I mean, hey, talk about it.
1: A fan's a fan. I, I I'm not like <laughs> I, I'm not. I hate being the type of person that postures like. Well, pff, you don't watch <laughs> college football, you know? Like how do you, yeah, you yeah, even yeah. know who these players are? This is ridiculous. No, one hundred
0: percent. I I try my best, and um, I love Red Zone, which is obviously run by. I, it's just one of the best shows that there is. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So, going back to uh, Mr. Z and his like history within sport. So for yourself, um, it was lightning, and then you got introduced to football through a DS. Obviously, like you say, the twenty-first mm-hmm. century. But what about you in regards to being a sportsman? What history do you have? I
1: played. I played every sport. I was, uh, I was, uh, you know, looks might be deceiving through the camera. I was very athletic at one point in my life. My dad was a collegiate athlete; he was a swimmer. My mom was really athletic. She played uh, in a lot of like semi-pro tennis tournaments and stuff. And so I, I came by it, you know, honestly. I was <laughs> as modestly as you could say that. Like I was fast. I was tall. You know, like I was capable of just kind of generic athleticism until I discovered McDonald's and <laughs> I like, I, I played all, all, all sports. I played five sports in high school, um, from, from tennis to, to basketball, to soccer, I ran track. Um, I played you know American football until I ran out of brain cells for that. Uh, it was, I, I just always loved sports. I like it a lot more than actually working out. So the way that I stay in shape is I will legitimately just like, go play pickup sports somewhere men's like soccer leagues in New York and those sorts of things uh, but the the soccer was something that really took off and I'm going to hit you with like a Disney story I I legitimately it's just a hopefully going to be a really interesting story as to how I ended up in soccer so in eighth uh, in, in sixth grade we I we I had to play soccer it was like I went to a small private school and they're like, yeah, you got to play a certain number of sports. And I'd never, I played soccer like everybody in the United States when I was seven years old and your mom's bringing the orange slices, you know, it's like a movie. And I, so I pick it up in sixth grade and they're like, Oh, there's this position where you don't have to run. I'm like, yes. So goalkeeper it is. And I end up being pretty good at it. Just, I i, I don't know why I, I'm just, I'd like, getting hit by the ball like just in some weird way i enjoy the feeling of just getting in the way of the shot and the other people that play goalkeeper will talk about like a similar feeling i i really do enjoy it and so i, I get good at it and then our our team eighth you know eighth grade year which is middle school you got these three years sixth to eighth grade uh it's pretty good and then we go to a penalty shootout in the playoffs for like the league championship here's a quarterfinal. it was against saint i don't know why i remember this i was 12 uh this was against saint mary's and I totally messed it up. Penalty shootout went 10 shots. Wow. Yeah. And, and I, the one right down the middle hits the side of my arm and spins in and I'm like, okay, I'm never playing soccer again. Uh, I legitimately just like took the, you know, the game's over. Everybody's gone. I took the gloves off. I put them down in the goal line. Very symbolic for a 12 year old, very melodramatic. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, I am never playing soccer again. That was like, I just let the team down. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. wasn't good enough, whatever. Um, and so I, I dropped it and I played a bunch of other sports. Basketball was my sport at the time. And, uh, I still absolutely love basketball. You know, I've probably taken 10,000 shots in my life. And, um, the, the basketball ended up kind of fizzling because I stopped growing and because I wasn't good enough. I mean, those go in tandem. And so the, the coach said, you know, well, you're just not going to start this year and so I said you know what I'm just going to enjoy high school okay so I, I left and I'm sitting down at lunch and our soccer team in high school which I, I went to a small private school for middle school high school is the last four years of mandatory education in the U.S. and it's like 14 to 18 years old our high school soccer team was top 20 in the country so I wasn't thinking about you know I was okay in middle school I'm not thinking about going there you didn't ask for this story but you're getting it and it's probably going to be cool I'm sitting at lunch and this kid named Evan Renz is just somebody that sits at my lunch table and he's a backup on the soccer team, which, you know, good for him. And they already had their tryouts. I already went through the whole basketball summer program and basically just told the coach, like, look, if I'm not going to get a lot of playing time this year, I'm just not going to do it like it's fine. And uh, he just goes, Oh, well we need a backup goalkeeper. Like, do you want to just come to practice? And I was like, what do you mean? So apparently my entire high school of 2,500 people, there was one person that played goalkeeper. So they just went out to the tryouts and there was only one person that, that, that played keeper and they had, you know, like 200 other kids trying to play all these other positions. So they needed a backup goalkeeper. So I go to Dick's Sporting Goods. I buy like $20 cleats. I buy the cheapest pair of gloves I can find and like plastic shin guards. I guess they're all plastic, but like the bad ones.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: And uh, I, I go to the coach who's the math teacher, right? And I, I say, hey, you heard you need a backup goalkeeper. He's like, yeah, just come on by. When would you last play? I was like, middle school. He's like, this kid's a joke, okay? <laughs> uh, and I, I go to the practice for this team that is, it, it, at one point this season was, like in that season was ranked sixth in the entire United States. And I haven't played soccer in two and a half years. And we go onto the field and I'm just kind of jogging around and I'm like, okay, definitely don't belong here. And he sets the ball up in the middle of the field, two lines, one, the, 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 the actual goalkeeper on one end and me on the other. And again, I haven't touched the ball since I was 12. And he just lines them up and they start shooting. And he's just like, that's what we're just going to do in the practice today. I'm like, okay. So, you know, it's, it's like one of those scenes out of a movie. I think it's like Milan, like we'll make a man out of it. Like that's basically yeah, yeah, what yeah. was happening. And I'm just getting hit in the face, you know. I'm I, you know, I saved so many shots that this muscle right here, that's like underneath the wrist, it didn't work. Like I couldn't open <laughs> stuff, you it, know. My I, I looked like I, that yeah, I no, I look like I had some degenerative <laughs> disease by the time it was over. I couldn't keep my hands still, uh, yeah. and I'm like shaking the coach's hand. I can't grab it right because I just I mean these guys are shooting hard, and I just was getting in the way. But at the end of the practice. The assistant coach comes over to me and he like hands me the ball and he's like punt and I punt it once and I was a, a kicker in American football so this part was like not an issue so I just you know puts it on the ground he's like kick it and so I just kick it once and he goes okay you can come back tomorrow and I was like all right wow <laughs> so that was like my own personal tryout and then I spent the next two years like playing soccer at this very high level that I just like backdoored my way into. And it was a, uh, uh, and that was probably what cemented it as this sport that I was just absolutely obsessed with, is because I would managed to not only come back into it and play it. Uh, we went to the state championship game that year. I played in the state championship game, like on statewide TV and all that. It was really wild. Uh, it was like it was like a Disney movie. You know, five months earlier I'd given up the game, you know, and I was playing basketball, and now all of a sudden. I'm, I'm on the field. We're like sponsored by Adidas. We've got these warmups. You know, we're like running around. Wow. Yeah, I look like a million bucks. Played like ten, and uh, <laughs> that was they, so. That was that was my story in, in in actual sports. And so I played through senior year of high school, and then um, broke my face, and then that was kind of that was kind of it. But it was really fun. It was a fun two years. They had the Zealand rules though. I wasn't allowed to dribble. Like if I caught the ball, I could not bounce it. <laughs> because i played basketball so i would try and dribble it with one. there was one time in a game i dribble it with one hand like while i was running around the box and i hit like a pothole or something and the ball just went <laughs> and i had to like dive and you know it was like almost a disaster and so like is, they came up with the zealand rules like you can't dribble you can't put the ball on the ground because i had no foot skill at all because i hadn't learned they're just like you catch it you punt it you can't throw can't dribble can't put the ball on the ground okay those are my rules that was sometimes
0: it. needs to be simplistic though <laughs> just, what's what's uh, what's amazing about that though is like the fact that you pretty much given up sports in general and just ended up in this really high level team <laughs> at your high school. Yeah, but yeah, it was what, very what's lucky. similar. What's similar to you from even like the, some of the pros I've spoken to? There's always like a breakthrough moment, like a little bit of luck, like an injury that somebody takes the opportunity of somebody else or somebody knows somebody that they've offered them a trial like last minute and they've done well Mm. scored or played really well in a trial match a friendly. And then they're offered a a professional contract. So like some, of course there's talent involved. Don't get me wrong. And I'm sure that you were a bloody good goalie, but what I'm saying (laughs) is that there's, there's comparisons in between all of the people that I've spoken to when they've made it to a high level of sport, that there is an element of luck somewhere along the line that helps them get to where they get to.
1: Yeah, that was that was that was stupidly lucky. And like, look, I'm not a professional soccer player, right? I mean, I could have played in college at a low level if I wanted to. And that was basically the farthest that I was going to be able to take that. I like to think that if I was living in England, I would have been playing in like the sixth tier if I really wanted to, you know, pursue it at that level. But at that point, I was like, I just want to go to college. And I think the United States loses out on a lot of talent because uh, in, uh, me not being that talent but just to put in perspective and this is not, like, not what you asked about at all but i find it interesting on that team that was sixth in the country one kid plays professional soccer the rest of them just stopped wow and because wow. there's no there's no like in england i get the feeling you squeeze every ounce of ten, right there's like 80 million club teams right and and, in each team is loaning players out to the lower division to give them the opportunity to play it, it, the high school team like that was it yeah like if, if you, you in the, the you get recruited to play in college and even if you do like i i turned it down right because i wanted to go to a good school because that's you know like that wasn't the the path for me right and if it was i would have pursued it but i went to virginia and got a degree and then i was like i'm gonna do something else and a lot of the kids on that team who i'm like man they were really good just did the same thing they went to florida state got a degree and they work in like real estate now you know and so it's just food for thought, whoever's watching this, that the United States just has like no system for developing talent whatsoever. Uh, and yeah, you know, when you have something like the sixth team in the country and then one kid plays professionally, that's just not, uh, that can't be good. No. Can't be.
0: No, definitely not. So Zelan, we've spoken about your history with sports in general, your playing time. Um, I think we've got to talk about the bit that of course has made you who you are today. When did Mr. Zealand get involved in creating content in general? And how did that interest kind of spark? Uh, senior
1: year of college. And I was never, I, I, I cannot stress this enough as much as it'll you kind of blow people's minds because I realize I rely on people that watch YouTube. I don't really watch YouTube. I didn't, I, I, I do now, uh, but I, growing up, I didn't really watch YouTube the only time I'd watch it is if a friend was like hey you got to see this and they'd pull it up on YouTube like I knew what it was Uh, and I didn't really watch Twitch and and because of that I had no aspiration to to do that I know a ton of kids especially growing up like one of the most popular things to say is what do you want to be boom a YouTuber oh okay cool that was not, that was not me. And obviously I'm 26. Like I grew up a little before that time where you're sitting there like, I want to be a content creator. And I just, so I I backed into it and had to discover over time. It was actually what I wanted to do instead of like pursuing my dream. It was like, I accidentally found it. I senior year of college. I built a computer, which I sounds super cool, but it's essentially adult Legos. It's not like rocket science. And I built the computer and my friend was sitting there and he goes, you know, we should probably just like, let's stream, like we game together all the time. Let's stream. It was his idea completely. It was not my idea at all. I didn't know how to set up OBS. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know how to go live. He sets all of that up because he doesn't want to start streaming like alone, right? He wants to, you know, we start streaming together. And so we'll, we we play games together, games that nobody cared about, and we would stream them. No webcam, no anything. Just as, a, as an interest point, you know, you'd stream them and I like—I didn't even have chat open. I just thought it was cool to be live streaming me playing these video games out into the world.
0: What did and you then start he's... playing? Sorry, what was your first games that you were playing? Oh, it's a game called Fistful of Frags. I mean, it's like
1: a first person shooter. It's like tw- 20 years old. For some reason, my friends and I have always enjoyed It's like the type of game that you crack a beer and sit down with your friends and you just mess around. It's not serious at all. There's like 50 people online at all times. <laughs> And so we, uh, that was the first stream we ever did. And I remember I edited like a compilation video from that stream for absolutely no reason at all. And I uploaded it somewhere. Like I made it in windows movie maker. That's it's that, that, that edit is still hiding somewhere. And and he stopped. We, he streamed like three times while we were playing together and he just stopped. And for some reason I looked at it and I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool. And I was like, okay, I start watching streams like, okay, so people are playing games that they're good at. What game am I good at? Football manager. Okay. I mean, I I didn't know any content. I didn't know what the content scene looked like. I wasn't smart enough to sit there and go, gee, well, like not too many people play this game. So like, is this really the one you want to invest your, I, none of that thought process, right? There was no strategy to it. It was what game am I the best at? Football manager. Boom. So I'm just going to start streaming that. I've got my cam, My phone is my webcam. And then I just did that for like two years with very limited success. It was a hobby, uh, but it was a hobby that I was very clearly addicted to. I I went to Australia and New Zealand for a month and brought my computer in my suitcase uh, and tried to stream from hotels, which went as well as you would expect. It did not go well at all, (laughs) but I was, I was dedicated. I did now, however, get stopped at every airport because they thought my computer was a bomb. So that was a really excited added a whole spice of life to the trip and, Uh, But I I was addicted to it. And so I I just kept doing it and kept doing it. And my mom particular sitting there like, what are you doing? You know, because I would, I would just, I would do whatever I had to do that day. And then I would stream and I I tried a bunch of different, I'd stream every day. I'd do this, I'd do that average about 10 viewers, you know, which was like my two year achievement. And then somebody on on this stream team, you know that like everybody's uniting and making these stream teams. Uh, it was the FM base stream team. It's like it's like ten guys, most of whom I, I don't even talk to anymore. And one of the people running FM base just went like, "Hey, we have this YouTube channel. We haven't posted on it in like seven years. It's got four hundred subscribers. Does anyone want to take control of that?" And I just started watching a guy like named Harris Heller because I still had this thing in my mind where it's like, well, I'm always constantly trying to, it, to improve. And so I was Harris Heller's just kind of self-appointed stream guru. He's not right all the time, but he's right some of the time. And I, in this particular moment, he was the person that I was watching. And he always says, well, you need to create content somewhere else. Right. turns out that's basically what Twitch says too. And so they offered this YouTube channel. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never, I, I like, I just started my own YouTube channel which is hilarious. And a lot of people know that. I just started my own YouTube channel and made a couple of awful videos. (laughs) And I went, yeah, like, cool. You know, 400 subscribers is a lot. So I'll tell you, you know, but nobody, nobody posted in seven years. I didn't know how it works. So nobody was paying attention to the the channel. Uh, I took it and just started posting. And basically from the moment that I, that I took it over and started posting on that channel, it just started to, to, to go, right. It started to just take off. And that was about uh, two and a half years ago, and we're here now. That 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 was that was really the trajectory. Is I would made probably five YouTube videos in my life, but I took the reins of that one and just hit a I hit a flow. I understood that there was a gap in the market for like actually good tutorials about how to play the game, and I just started ticking them off like how to do this, how to do that, how to I mean how to everything. Wow. And, uh, and, and powered through that. But once you did that, it was like, okay, what do I do next? And we've just been innovating at the answer to that question for like two years, which is just make interesting, helpful videos that are entertaining. Anything for me, looking at memes to save your saves to watching other people, you know, there's, oh, and this new feature, like those just, just learning and adapting. That's how I, that's how we got there was then obviously the stream kind of blew up at the same time, right? Because in every YouTube video, I'm sitting there going, check out the stream. And then all of a sudden we're, we're here.
0: Yeah, of course. And you mentioned that you were um, part of the FM based team. Let's call them to begin with. And I do a little bit of coaching myself. So um, in regards to like mental health, uh, looking after yourself, finding the positives and changing your perception and all that sort of stuff. So when it came to, you mentioned obviously, um, that you don't speak to a lot of the guys that were, in the FM based team from my memory as well, there was a little bit of a, a issue or something that went wrong with. Oh, FM like yeah, it was sorry. It was,
1: it was, it was, it m- was on my end. It was not. Um, confrontational. It, it, like a lot of those guys are great. I'm just terrible at keeping up with people like keg and monster plays and clates. I mean, clates was on that team. He was like, I remember one of the smallest people on that on that stream team, which is almost ironic because he's now won three streamer showdowns and is one of the biggest streamers in the in the game. Uh, and but but those guys, those three guys in particular, I really got to know. I think a lot of the guys I just didn't really get to know that well. And, and I think there's an added there's an added twinge, and this is from none of those three guys for sure, where when you succeed, right. This is kind of where I was leading you to. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, I it, it I'll get ahead of the curve here. Uh, when you succeed at something that a bunch of people are trying to succeed at, right? And I, I fell victim to this too. I remember, you know, when I would be frustrated because I'm like, oh, I'm trying everything and it's not working and this is ridiculous. I'd be looking at somebody with a hundred viewers and I'd be like, well, they were just, they were willing to waste an amount of their life that I'm just not willing to waste. You know, I've got, and you go on that kind of rant in your head. <laughs> well, when you succeed at something that a lot of people are trying to succeed at, I, it certain people will become jaded. I've never, I like not outwardly, not directly towards me, but they will become jaded and um, disenchanted with their own channel their own process i know because i was around for two years now the vast majority of people didn't know who i was but i was around and people that like streamed and made content for football manager knew who i was and then all of a sudden those same people are sitting on the same number of viewers or whatever that they were a year ago and i've just gone like right by them essentially and that's really like that's hard to deal with mentally and so there were definitely there's some people that well like they would just like unfollow me and i'm like oh, okay fair enough valid you know like it it, it, it can make you very frustrated like anytime I'm, i would start streaming and then somebody else would start streaming and half my viewers would leave just being like oh like why are they better than me you know like i just i didn't get it i didn't understand the game and i think what What I get now and what makes it so much better is understanding how just kind of how it all works, right? You never know 100% of the game, but understanding why people watch certain people, why people like certain things, and just learning all of that through trial and error in this long, this long process. But it it can be tough for people. And I I acknowledge that. And that's why I try and include people when I can. um, different projects. When so I did my first 24 hours stream to like celebrate essentially me making it full time. I brought guys from the FM based stream team on, and we played games for a couple of hours and talked about what it was like back then when all of us were just kind of dream chasing on 10 viewers. So it was, it was, interesting and it's interesting. And there's just not a lot of people that can relate to it, uh, which is why it's nice to go to those like Twitch streaming conventions and meet other people that do it
0: yeah there's one coming up Um, amazing that's like perfect and it it just goes to show really the hard work that you've put in to get where you are as well and I think like what's important for people to understand and it's the same of course I'm not a full-time streamer but I do my best to put out content whenever I can with the podcast with my coaching business and a lot of mine is like value based but for you you've been away recently we've spoke about it before the podcast you're tired at the moment probably a bit jet lagged you've now got to probably come off the call with me maybe do another interview then make some youtube videos which of the quality you make isn't easy i mean granted (laughs) you're granted you're probably well versed and you know all the shortcuts around doing it and all that sort of stuff and i know you've got a team which is again incredible And the other thing that I noticed as well, Z, was um, for the first time ever that I'd noticed you apologised at the end of a stream. I think it was before you went away, actually, for not being quite with it. And you said at the end of the stream, sorry, because I've been a little bit off. Now, you got a lot of eggs in a basket to try and keep your brand, your name, your content going, how do you balance it all? And is there a way of explaining to people that, not to feel sorry for you, because bloody hell, like, as you say, like in this day and age, you, a lot of younger people want to be in your shoes, right? But how do you explain to people how hard the job is? And why do you think it is that sometimes you do get that little bit of jadedness when it comes to going live? It's not, I'm never jaded about it.
1: When I say the 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 offness. Is because I'm tired, and I the way I stream in particular requires a lot of energy. There are sure. great streamers that do not invest, like, but I think you combine that with the fact that I'm not somebody. I'm not somebody that has a large reserve of energy. I'm pretty lazy. I'm like a I, I I'm like a sloth. You know, I don't I I, I I'm not. I, I'm either incredibly active or not active at all. So I'll finish a stream and sit on the couch and watch a World War II documentary and eat, like, uh, you know, lunch for two hours to, like, reboot the batteries so that I can go do something else. And, and so if I'm not properly rested, which which will happen all the time, uh, then then I'll hit a point in the stream where you become self-aware, and that's not good. Right. Because most of the time in a stream, I am flowing, going, 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 going. Oh, I'm hungry. What time is it? Streams over. Right. Like that's the that's the general way it progresses. But if I hit a point where I'm just like hit and continue and I'm like two and a half hours in and I look and I see that I'm two and a half hours in and I'm going, you know, like I become self-aware of where I am. And it's all, all of a sudden you go from being like recess to all of a sudden I'm in math class. Right. Like in that in that in terms of the way your brain is working. In math class, you're looking at the clock, like, well, I should probably go at least this far. And in recess, you're just five more minutes, right? Like you're trying like you're you have no idea what time it is, and you're just playing.
0: Yeah. 100%. And so
1: that clock watching, it happened to me, I think, two or three streams in a row. And so I apologize at the end of it because I just I felt like I wasn't there. I mean, it wasn't like some big elaborate apology. I I I try not 100%. to add. Yeah, I try not to add more importance to this stuff than there is. I know certain people assign a ton of importance to the streams, and like, you know, it's it's like a show, you know, or or an album, right? If you're listening to Taylor Swift after a breakup, all of a sudden T Swift's going to take on this incredible importance to you. But at the same time, she's just making music. Like right? I'm just playing video games. If it takes on that importance for you, great. But I'm not going to take it way too seriously. Right and so I'm not going to that is something that almost always gets gets on my nerves sometimes you're just like look man I'm sorry that we can't provide the best content for you like I got to do it's like okay you know it's, it's all right like it's fine we're playing video games like yeah, yeah, 100% mate. Uh, but but I did feel the need to just be like hey you know I'm I like it's almost me telling people that are there for the first or second time like normally it's cooler than this right I'm just tired for whatever, like, I am never good at getting myself to sleep on time. And I need like eight to 10 hours of sleep. I am not one of those psychos that's like, yo, Sigma grind set three hours of sleep, five cups of coffee. And here we go. Like, I cannot do that. Uh, and so th- that had hit me a couple times, the jet lag and everything. And then it, it's weird streaming. It's hard to explain. If you don't stream for two weeks, there is about 30 minutes a full blown imposter syndrome. The next time you hit go live, right? If you're wow. streaming every day, well, I stream five days a week? So you get in a role it's Monday through Friday, right? And I wake up the next day and boom, there I am again on the stream. Uh, if If I'm in France for two weeks, which was a family vacation to surprise my mom. I am not at the level of like a sidemen where I'm like, well, let me just go to the French Riviera. for like, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because that's always awkward too, because it's like people subscribe to you on Twitch and they're like, well, is he using that money to go to the Monaco Grand Prix? I'm like, no, it's my dad's birthday present to my mom. And it was cool. Uh, <laughs> that Twitch money is being invested in me going to Greenland in August, actually for that soccer tournament there, which is <laughs> going to be the evolution of YouTube content. But the first 30 minutes, when you come back from that, you you hit the button and you're just like, what did I do? Like, how do I do this? You know, you're looking at the chat. You're like, you forget to read the subs. You're, your brain is not wired in the way I word it. Your brain's not plugged in. I'm not plugged into the battle station for a little while. And that's why the stream will start at like 1245 because I sit at my computer for an hour like, here we go. And then no, I won't click it. Here we go. And then you don't click it again. You're like, Okay, eventually we're going to get there. Uh, but it's... I think the other part of that question is how do you balance it? How do you tell people how hard the job is? You can't, right? Like this is why, so Twitch had a, a summit, which was really, really cool. It was a couple hundred streamers, right? Got together in New York and it's all like, I can't talk about exactly what happened, but it was really neat to meet other people that do the same thing because it is, look it's not like being a professional athlete there are more pressures there are there's more but but it is similar in the sense that there are just there's the inside of that world and then there's the outside of that world and if you're outside of that world basically all you get is the oh my god you play video games for a living that is so cool like what do you do let me check out a video let me see you on tiktok like and and when you meet other people that actually do it it's like oh dude like what's your schedule like how do you handle this how do you handle that like they it would completely different conversations which is really you know which is really neat and um like oh the, the, yeah this twitter interaction was wrong all that uh, all that different stuff to be able to to handle it mentally but it is a very it's a very difficult
0: job but at the same time <laughs> you play the best video game in the world for yeah you, at you, it,
1: but at the same time you're playing video games and you're making youtube videos and i get to Decide when I wake up essentially and when I go to sleep and all that. And so, while it has its difficulties, you have to maintain perspective on where you are. I think perspective and self awareness are probably the two most important attributes you can have as a human being in general. And that's very important. And I think when you stream, you become so insular and you can never leave your room. I can sit here and grub hub food all day. I can never leave my apartment. I'm entirely sufficient right here in this like 500 square feet. And having that kind of self-awareness to be like, it's okay, right? Something is always going to go wrong. Somebody's always going to call you an idiot and breathe, right? They don't know you. It's fine. All this, all the different stuff.
0: Yeah. And one thing that I would say, like, obviously I'll watch your content um, as I spoke to you before the stream started. And I'll be genuinely honest. This is the most, nut- I've done 50 50- This is the fifty-eighth podcast I've done. I've had professional sports people in England, international cricketer on, ex Premier League footballers, and this is the most nervous I've ever been. Just because I know the, or sorry, at the start of the podcast. But my point is that you are the probably one of the most impressive people I've spoke to, just on the level of your self awareness, which is clearly something that you notice. Yourself. My
1: self-awareness was so but, ironic is tell my kindergarten teacher that my self-awareness is one of my best traits when I used to space out in class. And really-
0: <laughs> but also, um, on a level of like how grounded you are, you're speaking to me like you've known me, you know, me before. Right. And I, f- I find that quite impressive because you do get some people in, or you, there are people in your shoes with the people that follow, that would kind of not, look down on as such but deal with these situations in an entirely different way and I, I think i'll take my hat off to you for the way that you come across on streams the way that you're dealing with this podcast you know i'm you know what i'm trying to get out don't you no i, I do and I, I i do hear this a lot and it, but it, it
1: it comes from a place of like look i'm not famous right like i'm not it, there's traditional avenues that create awe right? If you're on TV and then you meet that person in real life, that creates awe. You're just like, oh, wow. You know, like, look at them. Or if you play sports, right? And then you see them in real life. You, that creates awe. You're like, whoa, yeah, that dude's on the sports team. Like he knows, you know, that I saw that dude in that movie. This is crazy. And music, right? You hear them and you know what they look like. You saw them in concert. And you go, Wow. They're capable of that. I do none of those things, right? Like I am perpetually, I'm not confused, but I, and I, and I don't want to devalue the like feeling nervous to talk to me because I, rea- I, I have realized over the last year that I have the ability to make people's days. I think it's cool. When I go home, my mom's like makes me, she makes me sign these mugs, these like Zeeland brand mugs. And then when she sees somebody that she likes and chat or something, she'll literally just mail them a mug. And then they'll get it and they'll send me a video and they're like, Oh my God, this is so good. I'm like, what are you freaking out about? dude?" Like this, is <laughs> um, But, but, but embracing that, I almost think it's funny because I'm like, do they know that my camera's on an Amazon box? Like the, this is not a professional setup, right? Like, yeah, we invest money in, into having a team. You've know, got like four or five employees and all those sorts of things, but it's like, it's not a I, I don't think of it as a, you know, I'm not a production house. I'm not Mr. Beast, right? Yet. Huh? But yeah, man. The, <laughs> well, I don't have like the, 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 the feeling of elitism that normally accompanies that sort of fandom, right? Like I, I don't have the, I'm playing in a professional sports team. I'm in this big TV studio. It's, it's me. I'm sitting in cutoff sweatpants and an <laughs> old retro Porto shirt. At, my, at a desk that is not a desk, right? It's like a fold-out table that I used to, because I would travel all the time when I streamed. And so this was how I would like move the station around. And now I'm just comfortable with it. But it, it, it continues to blow my mind that people are that interested to 100%. talk to me. It, yeah, because it, it, it's it's so solitary. Like if, if I was sitting in a room with 2000 people and I was presenting to those 2000 people that would make complete sense, but I'm not right. Like the, then there, there can be up to 2000 people on a stream sometimes. And I will literally just be sitting here talking to myself. And my roommate is in the next room, texting me like, Hey man, can you like keep it down? I'm trying to, <laughs> 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 Like that is very, you know, it's the same as like, you're sitting there playing the video game in front of no one. And chat kind of takes on this personality of it's one person that you're communicating with. And so it, it's hard. I think for the human brain the way it is for me to process that that many people care yeah it is 100. is the it took me way too long to actually get to a good explanation of what i was trying to say
0: can i, I got can i ask how old you are z 26 26 so i've got three years on you so i'm allowed to say this if you maintain that level of groundedness you're gonna continue to surge up, mate. I can tell you that much. Um, One thing I do want to ask you about, a li- like briefly, just before we move on to speak about Football Manager quickly and then finish up the podcast is you've done some genuine broadcasting. Mm-hmm. What are your goals within that? Has it been all self-generate? Like, what's the world I'm looking for? Has it been all all of the work you've done online? Has that helped with how that's got you into some sports broadcasting? Uh, no. Oh.
1: Uh, actually, because that really took that away i think i i sports broadcasting was my first love that was my first dream that i've wanted to do since i was legitimately 8 years old uh it is like an addiction uh, and that's where the broadcasting voice that i use on stream comes from is because i So the way that my brain works, I'm pretty sure it's got like holes in it or something. And (laughs) I fill in the blanks with what I'm surrounded by. Right? So like if I go to a comedy show, I'm hilarious for the next hour. And then it just kind of like dissipates. If I watch a TV show, I emulate the main character. Not to the extreme. Like I'm not a danger to society if I watch Silence of the Lambs. But like (laughs) I, I will adopt certain personality traits. I have a brain that mirrors what I'm around, what I see entirely involuntarily. I will adopt accents, I, not f- full blown, but I will I will adopt manners of speaking and pacing and those like the blacklist. I'll watch that show and I start acting like Raymond Reddington. It's, it's really interesting to me. I'll like study myself. And one part of that is my dad watches sports constantly. Best part about the US sports calendar is it never ends, right? There is always a major sport going on in the United States. You can watch sports every freaking night if you want to. And so my dad does that. My whole, I have two brothers. My whole family does that. We love sports. And so what am I around? People broadcasting sports. And so when I'm a little kid and I'm playing 2K, part of the energy and excitement of the game is touchdown, you know, like that. So I would turn the announcers off and do it myself. And that was where I got the practice (laughs) in initially. So that was legitimate. My my mom just walked in one day. It's like, you know, you can do that as a job. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to do that. Like, that's it. And uh, so I I worked for the Yankees as a scoreboard operator and then they needed somebody, you know, they had an opening on their radio team for this, the minor league team I was working for, uh, which is essentially like reserve league uh, is the way to explain that. And I went into the broadcast booth and did it for a game. And then they just never told me to go back to work the scoreboard. They just hired somebody else to do that. And I'm like, okay, cool. I guess I got the job. And so I I did that my whole life. And I I was always ahead of the curve. You know, I was, I was the, the youngest minor league baseball broadcaster ever and minor league baseball been around for a hundred and whatever years was the youngest one to ever do that uh and so i was always very excited and like oh i'm gonna be the next um you know martin tyler or whatever and i was at least initially obviously with that was like on trajectory for that but i'm not good at networking i am not And at a certain point, that job turns into networking. Obviously, I had a lot of things to learn. I had a lot of great mentors when it came to play-by-play, and I certainly wasn't good enough to be at the Martin Tyler level or anywhere close, even by the time that I kind of left it full-time. But I absolutely love broadcasting, love telling those stories. But uh, you hear professional athletes say, like, Particularly in American football, this is something that everybody says when they retire, which is like, well, I would still put the pads on and I'd go play on Sunday, right? But what I'm not prepared to do anymore is the work during the week, and the working out, and the diet, and the game, and the you know notes, and the hours of film. That's what I wasn't prepared to do anymore. And I think with play-by-play, there's so much prep that goes into it, so much hard work. There's not a big financial reward. Uh, there's not Uh, A freedom of movement. You have to wait for somebody to essentially retire ahead of you to move up once you get onto the conveyor belt. And I found at the same time that streaming and YouTube, I could essentially just make my own world. I mean, is what like you get rewarded directly for how good you are in YouTubing and streaming. And so that's what prompted the transition to me making this my job and play by play broadcasting my hobby where I'll just work with producers that I've worked with before. But in that sense, YouTube and Twitch really killed that trajectory of my life. I'm not sad about it. I mean, I picked YouTube and Twitch, but it was, uh, it was and is something that I still absolutely love. And if somebody walked through the door tomorrow and said, Hey, we've got a contract for you to like be one of NBC's play by play guys for soccer, I would absolutely shake their hand off and figure out a way to make YouTube and Twitch work. Like they, If if I my dream for a long time was to be on the mic for the 2026 World Cup, be one of the people calling that. I think a lot of the American voices that called soccer don't understand the game intimately enough. Um, There are a few that do. I'm not saying it's everybody, but like having an actual American voice that can call the sport was was a goal that I developed as the YouTubing and streaming was taking off. That's essentially the whole story about how that happened. It's a very fun career trajectory. And as you probably can tell, I definitely was never going to end up in an office job that no. was not uh that was i was not where i was headed
0: that's amazing um wow and then just moving on quickly to we have to speak about the greatest game of all time how do you how do you describe it to people who aren't sure about the game like how would you describe what opens up what possibilities open up um and the game in itself right i i just basically Especially in the United
1: States, there's nobody that just finds football manager. Uh, I just go, Well, like, do you play FIFA career mode? And, like, yeah. And then the, 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 the R rated way to describe it after that is it's just like, Well, it's FIFA career mode on crack, right? Like, it that, that's just what it is. And the, the people that are American that I know that will come up to me in public or whatever, they'll, they'll Oh, I was playing FIFA and then. I found this game. That's the only way they don't market in the United States. It's the only way you find football manager. And so it, it fortunately isn't that hard to explain because basically everybody knows what FIFA is, even here. And so you just say, well, it's like FIFA Kuruma, but it's really intense, right? It's it's this very, uh, it's, it's chess to checkers when it comes to FIFA and football manager. And so it, it, I, I find that not to be, it, it's harder to explain kind of, because uh, I'll tell people that, I'm a YouTuber. And then hopefully they just don't ask any more questions because it just gets harder <laughs> to explain at that point. And then at a separate sentence, I'll just be like, yeah, I had like work yesterday. And they'll be like, what do you mean? Like, I thought you you know, just hang out. And it's like, no, I mean, I had the meeting or whatever. That That's always the more complicated thing is it, I, I am not allowed in society to say like, oh, well, I had work yesterday. And that just like doesn't, it doesn't register. That's always funny to me. I, ha- I have to be very specific. Like, oh, I was filming a video about this. That was that was my work yesterday. The Football Manager, which is what you actually asked about, is a great game. And I do try to get people into it whenever possible. I'll ask them if they really play FIFA for the career mode. And if they do, I'll offer
0: them, a, I'll, I'll offer it up, which is drastically gone downhill by the way because i used to love both i literally used to love both i played football manager religiously played football manager since like 0203 championship mm. manager i believe and had the first ever football manager when it changed over and i used to play career mode as well but career mode career mode's dead <laughs> i always hated it
1: it ended after like 12 years it had to end, and I'm like, no, I want to just keep going forever. Why can't it keep going forever? And uh, football manager can keep going forever and that infinite possibility just <sighs> yeah, that was what really got me into it in the beginning because if you do a save until 2047, there's going to be some region on Barcelona who's 36 years old and has like 500 appearances. I mean, you're looking at like Danny Alves, basically except he's not real. You've created this entire story of this player. This is, I really like regions and new gens because if you go far enough into football manager, you create these players that are just legends yeah. of the game. I mean, a legitimate legends that like the 36-year-old on Barcelona that I always think about and in, in that one save I did until 2049. And I'm just like, this guy has had this, and I, I get way too into the story. You know, it is just this little world in this database that you become obsessed with, but football manager opening that possibility is just huge for me.
0: It was, um, I had a moment on the game yesterday where I've, I started as Dresden. I moved to Dortmund. It's like a bit of a journeyman, And, um, the start of a journeyman. and Royce scored, scored. And it was the, um, it made him the highest Bundesliga, uh, Dortmund's highest ever Bundesliga goal scorer, right? After the game, he announced his retirement. I was like, You cheeky. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You've retired. You've waited for that moment, and he was more than good enough to carry on for another season. But then I'm sat here genuinely frustrated that I'm not going to have Marco Royce in my team for the next season. And that is primarily what the game does to you, if you ask Frustration. Me. Yes. I would agree with that. 100%. Um, Z. I don't want to keep you too much longer. You currently have ninety-one and a half thousand followers on Twitch. You are legitimately the the face of Football Manager on YouTube and Twitch. If you ask me, that's my opinion, but that is what you are. What is next for you? What do you want to achieve? What's coming next for Zealand as a brand? Right. We I made a video about this
1: um, not too long ago. It was it, the plan is. I believe that we have pushed football manager, not a hundred percent of the way to what it could be, but we have pushed it over 90% of the way to what it could be. Uh, I really do believe that. And now there's always room to grow and get better at whatever you're doing. But my plan has always been to yeah somebody asked me a long time ago it's like what do you want to be I want to be the biggest YouTuber in the world okay well I'm not going to do that playing football manager I've always known that but what I would love to do because I've always wanted to do travel stuff is take football manager and that community and that knowledge and like the trip to Greenland in August that I mentioned earlier well the point is I'm going to go I'm going to go with two videographers who are friends that I know We're going to stay in Greenland for a week and we're going to make two or three videos about not only the Greenland football championship, which is this super cool event where they don't have a league, obviously. Well, I guess not obviously, but they don't have a league. Uh, They have a tournament. And so they get all the clubs from Greenland together in Nuke, which is the capital and they have a tournament that determines the best club in Greenland instead of playing a whole league season. And we're going to actually go and, you know, answer the question of what the heck does that look like? Like if I'm in Greenland for a week and I go to the Greenland football championship, how many people are there? What do the players think about it? What food do you eat? Like, I want to, have you ever heard like Anthony Bourdain parts unknown have amazing, it. amazing show. He he's died. He's dead now. Uh, but the show fantastic he was a great writer. So he did a great job of like taking so he was a chef, but he would take you to a place. And you would experience and learn about the place under the guise of he's there to eat food. And the idea is to do that with soccer. Wow, right to do that with football. And so what I want to do and what we're kind of starting in August is once a month, right, I'm going to stream make YouTube videos for three weeks, boom, at the battle station normal. And then the fourth week, we go somewhere. We go to the old firm, we go to, and we take you there. All right. Under the guise of going to watch soccer. So the soccer is going to be an interest point, but the travel show aspect of it, where it's like trying to present that environment, that country to you is going to be front and center to the experience. There's a lot of other things that you know want to do as well. Uh, a lot of fun stream ideas that I'm not going to say out loud because then somebody will steal them before I finally work no, up the energy them, to do them, them in the them. first place yeah <laughs> but that in terms of big long-term plans I think that that series in particular has an opportunity to take things to the next level because we're at a really good level right now but what I would love to do is have the resources to make videos where it's like you play football manager in real life. Like, I would love to have the resources to do that. I would love to have the resources for the 2026 World Cup comes around. We bring in, you know, one person from each country in that, like in the World Cup and bring them together and make a video out of that with them competing in a whole bunch of very, you know, stupid challenges, like the World yeah. Cup of whatever. And uh, in order to do that, And and this is like, I'm I'm not a Mr. Beast worshiper by any means. Uh, I actually don't even watch a lot of his videos. But one thing I did take from him and something he said on a podcast one time, which is reinvesting your money, right? Like, that's why I have as many employees as I do. We have an animator and most of them are all full time. Uh, and that th- that's why my apartment is 500 square feet, because this isn't the end goal, right? The end goal for me is not to be at this point, the end goal for me is to be at a much higher point where we're making stuff and videos that people just never even thought were possible before. I mean, the Greenland video was not something that people thought was possible, but now we're able to make just enough money where we can pull that off Get three people to Greenland for a week, uh, and it, in order to do bigger and cooler things, you need more money, right? And the way you make more money is making videos that more people want to watch, and so that is uh, that is the goal. And there, there there will be one or two other things that start up as well, but those those travel YouTube videos, where instead of like HITC Seven does a brilliant job of being like, you know, what's happening in Romania or whatever, I want to go, like yeah. I want to, do, I, I want to go. There's a team in Bermuda called Flanagan's Onions. I want to go and watch them play. There's a team in East Watini called Eleven Men in Flight. I think that's hilarious. I don't. I, I want to go watch them play. I mean, because there is a subset of the internet that will talk about these cool things. They will make these long documentary-style videos about you know, the Canadian men's national team or whatever, and I feel like we're getting to a point where I have the resources to be able to go and experience these things go and bring not just experience them but bring people there uh and that is uh that is something that we're going to be looking to to kind of do over the next year so if you're looking for a direction of the channel it's going to be less football manager tutorials right we're still going to be making football manager videos and stuff but it's, uh, you know, obviously, as you've probably seen on the channel over the last year, is this slight tilt away from making the how to do blank. And even when we do that, it's titled something different, right? Because we're just learning how to do YouTube in a way that helps us, you know, pay all of our staff and then be able to afford a trip to Greenland. Um, it, that's the direction that we want to go, the channel. now.
0: That Yeah, incredible. Like, I'm... More than excited to see what happens next, and you have my word. If you ever want to come to Stamford Bridge, you've just got to drop a message and get. We can get get you there and get something filmed there for sure. Well, as long as you keep ballistic, I'll probably make that sooner rather than later. The, yeah, mate, 100%. I uh, I love that guy. I just wish that he just stayed fit. Had two hamstrings, yeah, that'd be yeah, amazing yeah. if that was the thing. 100% Z I think we're gonna be close to wrapping up your episode of the podcast but I did pre-warn you that we've got the grassroots guy 11 to finish competition for you to enter It is 11 questions that you need to answer as quickly as you possibly can are you ready to rumble I am yes good stuff so Zealand in three two one what is your favorite takeaway choice oh Ty. what who is your sporting hero? Dempsey best content creation memory talking to Terrence Boyd best football manager save ever who's your favorite YouTuber
1: (sighs) (laughs) a biographics
0: uh what is your go-to music choice EDM what's your best sporting memory in real life
1: I hit a game-tying three-pointer with 30 seconds to
0: go in high school basketball. Wow. Uh, advice you'd like to have given yourself as an 18-year-old? Cut your hair. <laughs> Favorite drink? Coke. Most famous person you've ever met?
1: <laughs> I always said me as a joke. I really want you to know that would have been a joke. Uh, most famous person I've ever met? Carl Jacobs. And what are
0: your pre-stream habits?
1: Yoga, if I'm on my game.
0: Zealand, you have answered your 11 questions to finish. I one. was
1: way too slow. I know that, but I I no, we, man, Hopefully, we gave good you know, answers.
0: I'm I'm intrigued here because this could be, this could be transatlantic grassroots sky T-shirt. I've I don't think you're far away. Really, I, uh, I totally
1: thought my uh, favorite YouTuber and sports memory were were where well, I lost them.
0: No, we are. Hold on, I. This is this is how. Um, I, I, my podcast is world class. It's not world class, but this is how budget it goes. All of the scores are wrote down in this little book here, so I'm getting to them. In fact, I'll tell you at the end. Um, Zealand, how have you found your experience on the Grassroots High podcast? It's
1: been fun. I woke up about two minutes before it started, which was good. It's <laughs> poor life choice. I was up until about two a.m. yesterday, so I figured I'd maximize my sleep. Yeah, so when you turned me, you told me to turn my camera on. I was shirtless, sitting in the dark, so we had to do a <laughs> few adjustments to the, uh, to the setting. Uh, but I, I've had a good time. Uh, I've had a good time talking about it. I, I enjoyed talking about um, the deeper origins of some some things in my life that I hadn't thought or talked about in a long time. So I, I appreciated that, and I think the, the conversation has been authentic genuine and fluid to sound oh, like some sort of new york times review
0: article no i appreciate that um it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show if you want my listeners to come and find you on all of your platforms where can they come and find you
1: oh just uh, zealand on on youtube and on on twitch and the old Zealand on Twitter, if you want some nice hot takes. I mean, it'll be a nice follow during the US England game. Uh it'll not be, be a spicy timeline at all. So yeah,
0: yeah. We'll have to um have a little chat about that when it comes around. But um Mason Mount, first goal scorer, that's my bet. Mason <laughs> Mount versus Pulisic. It's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be lovely. Um thank you for listening to episode fifty eight of the Grassroots by podcast with your host Harry Purdy and Zealand. If you would do me the greatest honor of going over to Spotify or Apple podcasts and dropping this show a five-star review. It does go a long, long, long way to helping me out. And also if you want to subscribe and like this video on YouTube, it would help this YouTube channel out a long way as well. It's been Harry Purdy, this side of the Atlantic and Mrs. Zealand, the other side. Say cheerio, my man. Cheerio. Take care. Thanks for listening.